Warning, the following may contain suggestive content and language and may not be suitable for some listeners. Welcome back, Swamplings, to a new episode of The Ogre Booth. I am your host, Jay Shrek, and today I have quite an episode for you guys. Today, I have a few, quite a few things that I want to talk about, discuss, that I think are pretty big. Uh, one of which is just a little bit, with a little bit different in terms of my music talk. I'll be talking about more like critics and stuff like that in terms of like music. Maybe I'll touch into a little bit about like films and stuff too, but mostly I'm going to be aiming around music with that. And then I'm going to be talking about the DC streaming service and Titans and stuff with that. Uh, After that, I'm going to get a lot into uh, superheroes this week. I'm going to be talking about... Spider-Man and uh, the Sony-verse and just reloading that with like gaming and film at the same time. So without further ado, let's dive right into this podcast. First, I wanted to talk about just in general about how like critics, people always take music critics and critics in general just very harshly. And really just don't really think much or not really think much, but they really just you either get people that don't listen to critics and let themselves uh, create their own viewpoint about something, which that's the best way to go. But uh, in my opinion, but there's a lot of people that heavily rely on critics and whether or not that that person is going to like that music, that album or movie or whatever based off of that critic. And I think that is just a bunch of just crap. You shouldn't rely on critics to tell you whether something is good or not. And I'm, that's really even getting into me because I myself am a critic and I talk about a lot of albums, a lot of movies and stuff on my YouTube channel, uh, The Ogre Man, by the way, if you guys want to check that out, I have my latest review of Tonon Pilots and new album, Trench, and I recently just released my uh, review of the new movie Venom, but either way, Went off topic there, but <laughs> just how, like I was saying, you, with me being a critic and all, just like I'm not trying to tell you how you should think. I'm trying to provide my own opinion so you guys can choose to listen to me, watch me if you want, but uh. You should really take my opinion and other people's opinion with a bit of a grain of salt. Like, now, 
I'll admit, like, if there are just a lot of critics in general who do, uh, who, who seem to enjoy, like, this movie or this album or whatever, then probably it's being praised for a reason by these critics. So maybe you should give it a shot, especially if it's that type of genre that you are into. Because if if critics are praising like an album or a movie, and just in general, uh, it's not necessarily that type of movie that you would typically be into or album or genre of just music in general, then I wouldn't suggest that uh, you would go into said album or movie and expecting to enjoy it, which is one thing a lot of people tend to get mixed up a little bit because there's a lot of critics, like say for movies and stuff. A lot of the big name, big movies that are like critically acclaimed and everything and are loved uh, might have a specific audience for those movies. And a lot of the critics seem to be a lot, a lot of that audience for those type of movies in general that are typically very critically acclaimed. And just because that they're the main audience for that type of movie and everything, that movie might not be for you necessarily, which is why I know my mom really likes to keep up with like a lot of these Oscar nominees and everything and uh, looking into best pictures and watching them and trying to figure out which one she likes best and everything. But the thing is, unless she's really into that type of like genre and that uniqueness within those type of movies, she's not going to find enjoyment out of these movies. Kind of like my dad. Like uh, my mom forces my dad to sit down and watch these movies with her a lot of the times. And every single, almost every single one of them, my dad's like, always says stuff like, I don't get it. Or I don't like it for some reason because of this. Or that it's it's a bit much. Everybody has their own taste, and that's pretty much what I'm getting at with this. You need a lot of you people that are uh, listening or to these critics and everything, and relying heavily on those uh, critics and what they're saying doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to not like it. If you are into like a superhero movie, let's say Venom, because Venom hasn't had a lot of good praise from your typical average critic. Uh, and because that it only has, what is it, 30% on Rotten Tomatoes, which apparently isn't that good, but there's movies that have worse than that. And compared to some of those movies like Suicide Squad, Venom is a masterpiece compared to Suicide Squad. And I can definitely agree to that. Um, like I said, you can, if you want to hear my opinions on Venom, uh, go watch my video over on my YouTube channel. 
but there is a lot just a lot more just people that like those type of like anti-hero movies or just that type of genre or whatever and most people that like that type of stuff and go in with lower expectations than what you really want then you will come out pleased and be fairly happy now when i went into venom i went to into venom uh with uh low expectations because just because of what i did hear from critics i'm just like well I don't know because like I was a little skeptical to begin with but at the same time I was excited and I wanted to see what they could actually do different compared to what they did with Spider-Man 3 uh, and Venom and they did do things better in my opinion but just just you, you just need to be more open about your voicing your own opinion and creating your own opinion instead of re relying on critics to tell you how things are and when you do that you're ruining your own opinion in your own mind because you're creating an opinion that's not actually yours and that is a problem with a lot of people these days a lot of people are heavily reliant on critics and for me when it comes to critics uh, especially like YouTube critics and uh, movie reviewers and such like that for like music or whatever I have specific uh, channels that I watch specifically because most of the time I tend to agree with a lot of those critics and I tend to have a similar mindset and similar taste and because of that uh, knowing my taste and knowing what their taste is like, I come to an agreement most most of the time with how they feel about said album or movie, like John from ARTV or Jeremy Johns. Just just their opinions typically. I don't. I still take them with a grain of salt because. I'll, I'll admit there have been movies or albums or whatever that they have reviewed and talked about. And I have actually enjoyed uh, a lot more than they did. But like like I said, I'm, I'm a lot more open-minded and I'm a lot more susceptible to my own opinion versus heav being heavily reliant on someone else's review. So typically, I try to, whenever there's an album or a movie or whatever, I tend to uh, try to watch that movie or out or listen to that album before I go into those critics that I watch on YouTube and try to voice my own opinion and get my own opinion. And then I watch and see what they have to say. And from that point, it's just kind of like, okay, like sometimes like I, I agree. Sometimes I'm just kind of like, well, I thought that was done a little better in my opinion type of thing. But like I'm saying, people need to be able to voice their own opinion. Also, I do just 
want to say one other thing before I end this segment. A lot of people tend to be just very super praising of like their favorite bands or favorite genres or whatever. Uh, sometimes those people just don't know how to be critical. And it's just bothersome when people are just so like, oh, Tornado Pilots is amazing. Everything that they do is golden and just super awesome, which most certainly isn't true. They are very good, but they're, they're not perfect and every song is not perfect. People need to understand that concept, be able to understand, hey, I don't care for this song as much as like this song or that that I did not like that like that very much of how they executed that within that movie. Uh, I did not care for that character. I did not care for the actress who portrayed that character. They did not do that very well. They did not do what I wanted them to do, which is which I see as a bit of a problem between the critics and the public. Because if you actually look at a lot of the reviews for specifically Venom, uh, you look at the critics, it's one thing. And then you look at the users on like IMDb, and it's completely different. A lot of, the, a lot of those users are actually saying, don't listen to the critics. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. It's a good movie. They pulled Venom off well and everything. That's what a lot of those users are saying. And that, because of that, I'm, I try to find that balance in between typically before going to see a movie. If I do ever see any like critic reviews before or, uh, and all that, I try to look up any users like on IMDb, read what they have to say somewhat, skim that a little bit, because some of those reviews that they post are, um, have spoilers in them, and I try to avoid spo spoilers as much as possible. But just within that fact, it's just very, it's frustrating to me whenever I see or hear people uh, being heavily reliant on what other people are saying because it's like form your own opinion stop relying on what other people say it, it just bothers them but that is everything that I wanted to say about like this whole critic thing it's it's just been a topic that I felt like wasn't quite fitting for video but was perfect for this podcast so now it's time to talk about the just the whole DC streaming service. Uh, this whole the which is titled DC Universe. Um, I was debating on whether or not I was gonna get this service just because of how I've seen it and everything and how it's been portrayed. Like some like it looks cool, but at the same time it just was this kind of like, do I really need it type of thing? Because there are shows that are coming specifically to this service. 
uh, like Titans, which I'm going to be talking about a little bit in a second. Uh, plus, what is it? Doom Patrol, I believe, and a few others. Uh, plus, plans for future shows, plans for future movies and such that are going to come. Um, so, it's... They're trying to uh, do stuff and make this successful, which I think it can be successful. And I ended up getting it anyways. I'm just kind of like, okay, I guess I'll do it. You know, if I have to, I'll cancel it if I don't like it. But, and I was looking through uh, a lot of the movies and shows and stuff. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I could see myself watching this because I've always wanted to watch uh, Young justice i started watching it a little bit but i would like to keep up and also they're coming out with new episodes for that with a new season specifically for the streaming <coughs> yeah, sorry <coughs> <coughs> specifically for the streaming service um but uh just because of that in general though uh there's I know, like, in other countries and everything, there's... Those shows will be coming to Netflix because the streaming service is not available in those other countries. But because the streaming service is available in the United States, which is where I'm at, if you didn't get that already, uh, based off my accent. But because of that, those shows aren't coming to Netflix. Those are solely specific for the DC streaming service. And just, <coughs> sorry, out of video of a cough, but, <clears throat> but because of that, I wanted to be able to watch Titan specifically, plus be able to maybe like keep up and watch some of my favorite DC movies and shows whenever I wanted. Like one of the one of the other shows that I'm definitely gonna probably go back and watch is the that '90s uh, Batman the animated series. I I remember watching that as a young child. I actually like that show a lot, and I'm kind of excited to go back and watch rewatch some of those episodes, see how different it feels compared to like now compared to then and everything. Which I think can be cool. Uh, and just Titans in general. Some people are very hesitant about the show. I think it looks cool. I think it could be very well done. I love Nightwing as a character. I love Beast Boy. I don't really care for the look that Starfire is going for. But I could probably get used to it. And then just the fact that it's circling so heavily around the story of like Raven and everything, which is big and everything just because of like her history and delving into the comics and origins and everything just of her. That's really cool stuff. And I can't wait to start watching that. I believe that's either coming out this week or the following week and it will be released. I believe every like Thursday, maybe Thursday or Friday, uh, an episode each week. It's going to be very much like a actual TV show on TV versus like the uh, typical Netflix thing where they release all the episodes at once, you know, once and allow you to 
just binge watch and stream all of the episodes. So I do like that about what they're doing here, trying to give you some anticipation. It's just kind of like, <clears throat> but it it's nice, but at the same time, that can be frustrating because a lot of people these days are just so used to having all those shows and everything that they want to watch to set their fingertips and being able to binge through them so quickly and so easily. So a lot of people might be just hesitant about that and waiting before they get the service so they can do that. But, well, just in general, just going through the whole uh, setup and everything, just every, all, everything, getting everything together. I didn't know, but I have already had an, an account, just not the subscription to the service. But I guess that makes sense because I do kind of remember getting like that. I had there was a DC Universe app or whatever that I did get before and I didn't realize that that was tied in with this uh which has comics and stuff in it too so like you have access to old DC comics that you can read and such which I think is pretty cool as well so that's another perk another plus but just in general my overall view of this streaming service is it's okay it's Nothing fantastic, nothing revolutionary at this point, but it's definitely something that if you're a big fan of DC Comics, you you might get some enjoyment out of it. So that is everything there. I will be back in just a second and I will be talking a lot about Spider-Man. So just be ready and I will like I said, I'll be back in just a second. Let's take a quick break. guys welcome back i am here and i am gonna be talking a lot about just spider-man stuff i want to start off talking about that spider-man ps4 game that came out what is it almost a month ago now yes i know i am a little late with this but i wanted to briefly talk about just how i'm feeling about this game because well let's face it i do not have a ps4 but i want a ps4 and i want this game Especially from what I have seen and heard about this game on YouTube and through friends. Uh, just in general though, with Spider-Man PS4, I saw some gameplay and it looks fantastic. I need to get my hands on this. I need to be able to play this game. Uh, I know my brothers have been talking about wanting to get this game. They both have PS4s. I am the... I am the the odd man out. I am the I am the odd man out here, and without a PS4, it kind of sucks. But financial problems, yes. Um, uh, that is one other things 
I want to talk about briefly. Audio might sound a lot better now. Why? I have a new mic. Yes, I actually have a mic that will actually work and everything. Uh, I put some money aside, saved up for it, and now I got this beautiful piece of work. And I sound amazing, don't I? Sorry, you don't know what I'll fool myself. But, back to Spider-Man PS4. But, yeah, I don't have the money for the PS4. I will not probably get one for probably at least... Who knows when, and even if I do get... When I do finally get one, for all I know, they'll have an announcement about the new PS5 and stuff like that. And it'll be like, oh, I should have waited. But, oh well. So, who knows, I might just wait for a PS5, the PS5 to come out, because, like a lot of PlayStation systems, they have backwards compatibility, so, if I did get the PS5, and it had backwards compatibility like that, I would still be able to get the Spider-Man PS4 game, and put that on, that be able to play it on the PS5. Hopefully, it'll still look and play just as well. Which I feel like it probably should. Uh, they probably had that in mind when they were working on the game to begin with. But uh, Spider-Man PS4 just looks so good. I've heard a lot of good things about it. Uh, one of my friends, he just got the Platinum Trophy and everything. Just crazy. Crazy looking game. Crazy awesome. I've seen a lot about it, but in leading from here, apparently this kind of like universe and such is in more and even more is kind of being tied into the whole big Sony verse thing in general. And what is this Sony verse exactly? This all started mainly because of Venom. Yes, the movie Venom. Uh, I was talking about earlier with my review. Uh, like I said again, check that out if you want to hear my opinions on that movie. But just in general about all of this whole Sony-verse, it's just kind of crazy. It was because a lot of people were saying that Venom is the start of this Sony-verse with the whole Spider-Man and everything. And which a lot of people were worried about how the movie was going to be and everything with Venom. But they definitely set it up, especially like right at the end with the end credit scene. They literally uh, were just, it was just a quick snippet and tease of the new movie into the Spartaverse, but just the way they said it, it's uh just before they branched off from the credits into that, it said meanwhile in a in an alternate dimension or alternate universe. And then you just see that. I sorry I should have said spoilers for those of you that haven't seen the movie. But spoilers spoiled, sorry. But, uh, yes, just how that lead led it right into that. It's just kind of like, 
okay, so they're kind of linking the fact that this is one universe and then this is another universe. And will they collide and meet up eventually? Who knows? It's a possibility. Nobody knows for sure. Maybe that's how Venom gets that spider symbol. Maybe. Uh, because that was not officially shown in the movie. Although I thought I heard that Venom was going to get the iconic spider symbol on his chest and everything. On his back or whatever. You know what I mean though. He, I thought I heard that. But either way, that did not happen in the movie. Like I said, another spoiler. Um, but just how this whole thing started, it's pretty crazy and it's really exciting. Uh, the next movie looks like it's going to be probably carnage related, uh, based off that mid credit scene with Woody Harrelson. Uh, that was like just like, yes, finally, we're going to get to see Carnage in a live-action sequence. It's going to be epic. It's going to be crazy. I am looking forward to this. And Woody Harrelson is a great actor. I wouldn't want anybody else to be able to play Cletus Cassidy other than Woody Harrelson. And just with that hair that they put on him and what it's a wig or whatever... He, he looks fantastic and crazy. He just looks insane. Like he's a serial killer. And yet, for some reason, he wanted Eddie Brock to come and inter interview him and talk with him. Just kind of like, hmm, okay. But what else could we see within this Sony-verse, though? Because uh, we're getting that into the Spider-Verse with Miles Morales come in in December which I am excited for uh, I wasn't sure how to feel at first because at first I thought I was just like is this a real movie but sure enough it it's real uh, it looks interesting within its art style too uh, it almost looks very comic-y and a little like jumpy animation of sorts I think you might get what I mean like it doesn't look like the typical uh, Sony animation and everything that you typically see within a lot of those movies. It's, it looks a lot more, not necessarily jump cutty, but it's the animation just doesn't look as fluid. And it's just definitely kind of like a, almost looks more stop motion-ish. I guess that's what I'm looking for. It's almost like it's trying to blend their typical like animation art style with like a stop motion style and almost making it feel like a stop motion movie like I don't think it's stop motion it doesn't look like a stop motion movie but at the same time it just the way the movements and everything within the characters it almost feels that way which is weird but it still looks interesting based off of how they are doing that and I am just Super pumped for this movie. Um, there's, uh, and, and within the latest trailer too, the introduction of Spider-Ham into the whole play, like, just wow. 
I, I did not expect that to actually happen because like, yes, Spider-Ham exists in an alternate universe, but did they really need to bring Spider-Ham in? Like, he's probably just going to be there for mainly comic relief. And you tip, that's pretty much what you saw within the trailer that he was the comic relief. Like, when he's on his scene, he's like, uh, and with all the other spider people and everything, he says, do animals talk in this universe? Because I don't want to freak him out. And it's just kind of, uh, then he actually passes out and everything. It's just crazy. It's comic relief. Just kind of like, eh. Uh, he is, that, I guess that was his main purpose to begin with, but did we really need him to be included into this movie? It's, it's just one of those weird, unique questions that needs to be asked. <sighs> but Spider-Ham. Who knows, maybe I'll like him by the end of that movie. But uh, the Spider-Man Noir, that looks pretty cool. With that black suit and all the, um, and Gwen Stacy as Butter Gwen, that's crazy as well. Uh, but it 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 looks like an interesting movie. I'm still excited. I still want to see what what it's like. But and I did like that scene and everything where Miles Morales Spider Man meets the officially meets the Peter Parker. Spider-Man from the other other universe while he's in the graveyard and everything. It's just it's it looks really cool and I'm excited. I don't know if you could tell because based on my my voice and I but I am excited because I've said I'm excited quite a bit already. So ha <laughs> ha. Yeah. All right. But there really isn't much more about the Sonyverse except just maybe like possible like future movies that they might be including. Like what could they else could they include? Like apparently they're already working on a what is it a Morbius movie? I believe. Uh there's another one that they have in development or talking about doing all oh, Black Cat. Uh that could be cool, possibly. I, Felicia, the character Felicia Hardy in Black Cat, like, I was never too into that whole concept and, and all that, but she is a big part in the Spider-Man universe period, so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. We'll see if I like that. Um, but the whole Morbius thing seems pretty cool, though. Uh I think they said that they were doing a Craven the Hunter thing too movie. I could be wrong, but I think that's uh was one of the movies that's being talked about being done as well. That could that could be very interesting as well. I don't know how that would be played out, but I feel like that could be a lot of fun. But I thought it was funny just in general how Back with the Amazing Spider-Man series, though, they tried so hard to bring out uh, all these other villains and everything for like the and try to bring the Sinister Six together and everything. But Andrew Garfield and that whole deal and all that stuff that just 
that that failed, especially with the big critical reception of their amazing Spider-Man 2, because let's face it, that movie was overwhelming, kind of boring at times. Just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I love that first The Amazing Spider-Man movie. Um, I saw hope with that series at first, but after the second one, I'm just kind of like, eh. Like, the, sec um, the Amazing Spider-Man 2, in my opinion, is still better than Spider-Man 3, though. Like, nobody needs to see emo Peter Parker dance like that. But, <clears throat> either way, I I'm looking forward to what's to come within the Sony-verse. I hope you guys are excited, too. Uh, that is liter literally everything I wanted to talk about. I hope you guys enjoyed this uh, episode. This was a really fun episode for me to create. And just, there's just so much that I want to talk about. This was, this stuff was some of the stuff. And I'm looking forward to figuring out exactly what I'm going to put in next week's episode. So if you enjoyed this episode, please don't be afraid to follow, uh, follow this podcast wherever uh, you are listening to this podcast on whether it's Spotify, whether it's uh, Google Podcasts, uh, where wherever or wherever whenever you are listening to this, don't be afraid to click that follow. Uh, if you want to give me suggestions of things to talk about on my show, you can uh, go to my Twitter at Outcast zero nine two. You can. Um, you can follow me there. You can uh, use a hashtag, hashtag HeyShrek over there. And, or you can email me at ogrebooth at gmail.com um, for any suggestions or whether or not you just want to start up a conversation about the, my episodes or whatever and what you liked and what you want to hear more of. But, Actually, before I go, I wanted to play my game uh, that I started up. Are they still a band? And this week, I'm going to be talking about Yellow Card. Are they still a band, Yellow Card? Well, let's find out. Yellow Card. You can hear my computer. Oh, so it looks like they're officially done now. Um, uh, they just, yeah, it says right here, Reunion with Hopeless Records and their final album to their breakup. Uh, but I believe it wasn't like a really harsh breakup. I believe everybody came to an agreement to just stop. But their latest album was self-titled, actually. It was a self-titled album. I'll, I might actually go back and give it a listen and see if there's anything any good on it. Uh, if you're like, who is Yellow Card? Why are you talking about them? It's because they had that bit, those two big songs from your 2003 album, Ocean Avenue. There's 
title track Ocean Avenue and only one those were huge um, I'm not gonna try to sing those songs if you want to check them out to see if you remember them you can do that yourself but yellow card is no longer a band they were back in 2017 not anymore they are done I actually I could be wrong they might still be Yes, that is the end of this episode. Like I said, follow me. Uh, give me any suggestions over on Twitter or through my email. And I will see you guys next week in my next episode. Bye.